Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, this is Jason Zook. We have special guest Matt Mesafilo today, founder of Cavified and inventor of the Alibol Cava Maker. Matt is a former NFL player who played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. I'm excited to have Matt share his insight about the benefits of using Kava. Thanks for supporting our podcast and for checking out this episode. Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the social psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. Have you ever heard of Kava or wondered about its health benefits? In tradition Polynesian culture, kava is used for ceremonial purposes and as an inebriant. What are its effects on the body, and what should you know about kava before trying it? Special guest Matt Masiello has joined us to share his insight on the benefits of kava and why it should be something for you to experience for yourself. A little bit about Matt's background. Matt is the founder of Kavafide and the inventor of the Alubal Kava Maker. He originally hails from Iwa Beach, Hawaii. His father's originally from Tonga, and his mother's from Hawaii. Matt played college football at Sanford University as defensive end under coach Jim Harbaugh and majored in mechanical engineering. He's a former professional athlete with the NFL. He signed as an offensive lineman with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was with the Carolina Panthers in 2016. Matt invented the Alubal Kava Maker after his NFL career concluded. It's with great pleasure that I bring Matt onto the show to discuss all the benefits of Kava. Welcome Jason, to the show, thank Matt. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we could finally link up and do this. I uh, I, I really enjoy Kava, as you know, and uh, you're next to uh, where I'm usually at on weekends when I go to Royal Susie. And what I wanted to do is, is really have a chance to share this with our audience because I think Kava has so many positive attributes that can help with anxiety, stress. It makes people more relaxed and talkative. And I really think your story itself epitomizes someone who can come on the show and really discuss this particular great thing, the new thing that I consider. It's been out for thousands of years, but I want to ask you first question. Can you tell us a little about your background and how you got involved with Kava? Definitely. No, yeah. Kava is one of those rare, rare things that, you know, no matter where you come from or what you're into, you can find a way to incorporate it into your life that will you know, be mutually beneficial to what you're trying to accomplish and just, you know, just your lifestyle in general. I grew up in Eva Beach, Hawaii, and uh, was being a father of an immigrant who's from Tonga, and where Kaba is uh, the core of the culture down there, especially in a, a country that's, that's still ruled by a Polynesian king. It's an integral part of the community and culture, so it was, it was no mystery to me with kava growing up. It was just daily life or, or daily routine. Kava was used as a social and is still used as a, a social, you know, gathering drink, uh, and then also for ceremonial purposes as well. So, growing up, kava was just, as you know, being around kava was as simple as, you know, every American, or most Americans waking up to the smell of coffee or 
or ending the day, you know, having a beer or, or a glass of wine. You know, it's the same thing. And so, you know, with that being my upbringing, it was just, you know, a part of me, a part of, of who I am and also, you know, my family's way of life. So that's, that's my background as far as Kaba goes. And it's now the, the fun journey of figuring out how to uh, assimilate Kaba into our, our wonderful, rich, diverse American culture. I would say that it's, it's definitely something that's going to acclimate really well uh, over time. I see a lot of Kava places opening up throughout not just Tampa, but in general across the country. One of the questions I want to ask you is if you could tell us a little about Kavafied and your role with it and how you started it. Definitely. So Kavafied, the core of Kavafied is the olive ball. It is the world's first consumer Kava maker that really invented out of necessity um, growing up with, with Kava. Uh, I knew the ancient art of making it and, you know, would always share it. And, and But more often than not, people that uh, I would share it with and people got that got into it would, would never be making on their own. So it limited the, the reach of kava I had to share with, with my circle because anyone that I introduced kava to wasn't making it themselves and sharing with their circle because they didn't know how to or didn't trust, you know, their ability to make it. So basically fill, finding a way to fill that need and, and fit the American mindset was the design goal of Kabafide and then for the most part modernize the preparation and uh, appearance of Kava itself and that's what led to the development of the olive oil so that is our our core we are, we're a catalyst for the industry to allow people to you know enjoy Kava in its traditional form but also share it with their their groups of friends and and you know, cause that exponential growth to the point where now Kava becomes just an ordinary part of daily American life. I want to ask you about your mechanical engineering background at Stanford. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little about that and how it worked into what you've been doing as an inventor? Absolutely. So I'll just clarify, too. uh, It's uh, majored in product design at Stanford. It's a subcategory within the mechanical engineering department. And and it really just comes down to the ethos of the customer and finding need-finding in a space that people didn't really know needed to be solved. And, and it's really just looking at the kava industry itself. If you look at every other social beverage we have, tea, coffee, and even alcohol, there, there are a plethora of uh, brewing apparatuses out there so that any user, no matter their degree of interest, can, can brew and experiment, experience and share those beverages. And, and kava... You know, there, there, there was none. We, growing up in Hawaii, uh, it was always a, a interesting experience of making kava because, for the most part, there are some uh, old school kava drinkers out there listening. They'll, they'll understand this. You, you go to Walmart and buy women's uh, leg highs or women's pantyhose to make to brew your kava in because you know there simply wasn't any kava strainer bag out there. And, or if you had a Home Depot, you'd go buy a, a Home Depot orange bucket and a and a, a paint strainer because there there wasn't there wasn't a market of kava makers or accessories focused on brewing proper kava out there. So it was, it was a clear clear need that was, that was there to be addressed. That really no one took the time to sit down and and innovate in that that area. So you know that that's uh, really the the mindset of of product design is is need finding. I, I was blessed to you know, be mentored by you know, the who's who of, of engineering at Stanford um, from, you know, David Kelly, who, you know, the from most attributed to the father of the, the mouse, you know, computer mouse, and, you know, a huge influence on pioneers and innovators in the Silicon Valley there. And just applying that mindset to the Kava world really just looked like a blank canvas. Because if you look at any other industry out there as far as, you know, beverages, it's, it's been worked on for, I guess, you know, centuries, you could say, as far as apparatuses in the, you know, post-industrial revolution, where kava is still so primitive, more so because you're coming from focus group of the South Pacific, where there's just, there's only so many resources, one in the South Pacific, and also just the extent of people exposed to kava to want to innovate around it um, wasn't there. So as far as from a design challenge, it, 
it was extraordinarily uh, exciting to be able to go into a space that is so primitive and uh, use technology and, and resources that we have here in the modern modern world and then innovate around that. So that's really uh, what led me back into the, the Kava industry is just because so many uh, design challenges that are there that can be solved where you, know, you can spend 10 years fixing one and then there's always going to be something new. And that's really the curiosity that excites me with the industry is to see, you know, where can we take this and and how can we create, make Kava go from this primitive traditional ceremonial drink from the South Pacific and and find a way where it can benefit and and not only benefit but enhance the the modern way of life. So just filling a filling a need in everyone's lifestyle that, you know, they don't even realize is missing and and Kaba helps them realize that. I want to ask you as a follow-up question, because we did mention that it's been used ceremoniously in Tonga and probably other places in the Pacific, Polynesian cultures. I want to ask if you could share with our audience what type of ceremonies kava would be used for and why. Absolutely. So, the, you know, you think of the big events, so, so big birthdays, funerals, weddings, the traditional Tongan wedding that dates back thousands of years is a kava ceremony, and, and being that Tonga is still the only surviving kingdom in the South Pacific. The the same exact protocols with Kaaba that were done, you know, hundreds of years ago are still conducted to this day in regards to a wedding. The the biggest one and most uh, visual one would be the Talmafa Kaaba ceremony, and that is the uh, traditional ceremonial coronation of the king through Kaaba. And pretty much it's uh, anytime a, a new king comes to the throne, a Kaaba ceremony, which is uh, a giant circle around a Kaaba bowl and the throne facing the furthest distance from the bowl with all the nobles and squires of the land, you know, congregate to coordinate the king through the practice of drinking Kaaba. So that that's the most visible one. You can, you know, look that up on YouTube. It's the last, over the last decade, there's been three kings. So we have quite a, quite a bit of media out there to watch that, but that, that would be probably the, the marquee Kaaba ceremony uh, where you're, you're witnessing, you know, history being practiced in, you know, the modern world that was still, for the most part, identical to how it was thousands of years ago. So this is a very fascinating uh, experience to, to witness that and know that this has stood the time of modernization, that it's still practiced today. So it's just from uh, Periscope into the past, it's Kaaba provides that in, in that regard. Can you tell us a little about the Alubal Kava Maker and what motivated you to invent it? Yeah, so as, as you mentioned, you know, I spent most of my my early life uh, in, in sports, uh, still very active. But as far as my you know, focus in a day was competing at a high level in uh, American football. And just from just from the, the need of that, and you know, trying to incorporate Kava into that lifestyle where you're in the locker room, you're always on the go when you're working out, and it's not really, you don't have a kitchen or all the, you know, I, I don't have time to go at the time, you know, always have pantyhose or a paint strainer on hand to, you know, make a, a Kava in my locker or, or simply just, you know, while in, in meetings at the office, so that just the need from that transition into the olive ball and what the olive ball is, has done is simplifies a a 10 minute you know manual messy brewing process which brewing kava is like massaging a, a stress ball or you think of washing clothes it's like you're washing the root in the strainer bag like you would be if you had uh, dirty oily and muddy clothes and you're trying to get that oil off and the oil is the stuff you want to drink in the kava while the dirt is the, the re- root remnants that you don't want to drink. So the olive ball simplifies that process in a bottle, the ball, fill the root up, close the ball, add water, shake, shake the, the bottle with the kava and the olive ball for about a minute. And that mimics the, the kneading process in a contained and controlled environment. And then you have Kava in less than 60 seconds because of the efficiency in that. It's, just, it's a sphere, and you have uniform pressure on the root. So you're just getting you're just getting what you would get manually very quickly. So again, 
the design challenge is fitting the American mindset of instant gratification and convenience. That is what the olive oil does. That you, you brew something that you needed to set. What used to have to be you have to plan for it, set aside a space, time, and you know brew. You can now do literally while walking or while driving or on a plane in the office. I mean, anywhere you can think of where you could simply make a protein shake now with the olive oil, you can brew kava. It's uh, disrupted that space astronomically in that regard because there's really no situation where you're brewing kava is now, you know, a hassle. The, 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 Western, the Western mindset can, you know, you don't have to slow down anymore to make kava. You can still be moving at your fast pace. Uh, lifestyle and brewing kava keeps with the olive oil keeps up with you instead of you having to you know change your ways to enjoy kava and that's really what it is it's bridging that gap between um, tradition and our modern world most fine once you use the olive oil and start using kava then you you know you access the calming effects of kava slows you down and then you things better and that's where that's where kava comes into play that we're missing in today's society and, I, and how, you know, it applies to uh, what you do in the spiritual world and metaphysical world and, and just, just self-wellness world, too, is, is we're moving so fast now that you don't have no one slowing down to really see the bigger picture and, you know, small problems that could be solved by slowing down aren't being solved and we just kept, they, we just keep escalating them. And that's, that's where uh, citing part of Kava's influence on uh, American society today is, is happening now, and, and we see it um, as we continue to uh, grow and be a catalyst for the industry. Wow. I want to ask you this. Kava 101, because I have the benefit of being aware of Kava because I've had the, the opportunity to you know, meet with you and have your product. And Can you tell us a little about your establishment, your actual brick-and-mortar building that's, not, that's separate from the Kava side? Yeah, the Kavafai experience is the modern using Kava social. So it, it ties in, every, again, tying everything we do from farming operations in the South Pacific to our brewing technology to simply the route that we sell. It's a play on that as well. Anyone in the world can buy everything we sell online. That's the convenience of their phone. But to get the true magic, you have to slow down and come to the modern using Kava social to get the experience. And the experience is what ties in everything together. You know, it's the X factor that you you can't purchase online. You have to actually take your time and experience it. And that's what we created there is just tying everything we created so that people can enjoy Kava in the traditional way or even just learn about it and witness it. And that's where you get the the real, I guess, unquantifiable measurements of of Kava is is that experience. And that's what you call like the Talanoa or the discussion of kava and really with kava's calming and uh relaxing properties the the magic the magic is in the social therapy that it creates when you drink it socially and and that is where the experience provides that you know kavified the online presence you know can't provide or any online presence what uh so forever you know well, and just so our audience is clear, kava is the actual root of the plant itself. Is that right, or is the plant itself called kava? Just so we're yeah, specific about that. Yeah, the plant itself is that. called yeah. So there's many many names for kava. Kava is a Marquesan uh, Tongan name for kava. It's the plant, and the root is what you're consuming. So kava is a relative of the pepper family. It's uh, Piper mysticum is the Latin name for the scientific name, and it literally translates to uh, intoxicating pepper. So it is a sensation <laughs> okay. of a pepper, and, uh, you know, it, it does sedate you without impairing your uh, cognitive ability. So that's, that's the uniqueness in the drunk. If someone's trying to replace alcohol or any other type of intoxicating substance with kava, it, uh, the, the appeal is you don't – you're still yourself when you know you you could be drinking for probably for hours but you still maintain control of yourself as your mind is still your own but you feel relaxed as if you were intoxicated what i what i found from personal experience i guess you'd call it kava drunk i don't like that term per se yeah. but when i had enough kava flowing 
it makes me more relaxed. More, I'm talkative to begin with, or I wouldn't have a podcast, but it makes yeah. me relaxed. It makes me want to share thoughts with others. And I almost call it like a communal type of thing. You, you, everyone that's there, even complete strangers, will start talking to each other. And Absolutely. I think it really makes things like a, a real icebreaker. It's a drink that can contribute to icebreaking for someone that might have some social anxiety, for example. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you call the Talanoa, the, the discussion and that, that magic of conversation you have amongst peers drinking kava communally is, is the real therapy that you're getting from kava that, you know, you're not measuring in a lab as far as what does this kava do, you know, as far as you're manipulating your your the chemistry in your brain it's it's that unmeasurable social aspect that we also crave um as it's you know built into our our human nature but you know in our space world we live in today it's something that is definitely lacking because we don't, we no longer take the time to slow down and have a simple uh, intimate conversation with our peers what do you what's your opinion as to anyone who's a skeptic i know a lot of these people in my audience will tune in and they'll be skeptical of some of the stuff that we bring up, meditation or metaphysical type stuff. For anyone who's skeptical about kava, saying, you know, it's not enough known about it, I wouldn't want to try it, uh, what would you say to that kind of uh, argument to counter it? Definitely. I, I mean, again, just like anything, kava, it's, it's okay that kava is not going to be for everyone. That is, you know, not everyone's going to like kava or buy into kava and that's that's totally okay. Just like we're never going to get everyone to agree on your, you know, political end of the spectrum. So, you know, just people got to be comfortable with that. It's, that. That's fine. But, you know, if you want to understand it, it's more experiencing it to understand it. And then also, you know, if you're still not sold or you still don't understand it, you know, get experiencing it socially too, because a lot of times we like to, again, leading back to our, craving for instant gratification kava is one of those things that is very the complete opposite end of the spectrum on instant gratification it's the phenomenon of how you drink it socially and how you go about it is is you're rewarded for your patience with it so complete opposite where you know everything else it's it's the faster i get this done the faster i get the reward the faster I do this, the faster move on to the next. Kava uh, kind of bites you in the butt if you, if you think you can just go about it that way. If you if you try to take stronger doses up front or or just get it over with out on how the effects build in your body, and then also just that you know that social uh, dynamic that you create drinking drinking it socially. So as far as people are against it, you know if you're Going to referring to simply uh, clinical research or just studies, you know, the thing that Kava has on its side, just like drinking coffee does and, and drinking wine does, is is time. You know, this has been drunk by humans, especially primarily in the Pacific region for 3,000 plus years. So clearly, wow. you would think if it wasn't working for you or it wasn't doing anything for you, if it wasn't benefiting your humanity you simply would you would stop using it uh, as you know collectively as a, a people and again kava is man-made it is a mutation that's been cultivated over time it is a sterile plant so every type of kava that we have today was made was made and cultivated with a purpose by humans for 3,000 years so that's one thing you can't replicate in any lab or you can't you know, you can't ever, it's fact, it's time proven. You can't argue that this has benefited humanity for 3,000 years. Uh, and that's the one thing, you know, it has against anything out there that you create as far as medicinally or just any new substance. You know, even, you know, a lot of things we use today haven't been around for more than, you know, 50 years. And we're so set on it. Uh, but again, will it still be here in another 500 years? You don't know, but Kava has already proven itself worthy of benefiting you know, the human race. Understandable. I, I was actually doing a little background on this before we started our episode, and I actually saw a write-up about Kava and the psychology today talking about how there's the medicinal qualities of it, how it can actually help with anxiety, and that it's it's been found to be one of those type of 
studies that really show positive impact in terms of helping people who deal with anxiety. And I was going to ask you, have you had anyone professionally reach out to you uh, who might be a psychologist or therapist or anyone who's in that type of a field to discuss their own personal findings or their own interest in utilizing kava for their for their patients? We have a few write-ups in medical journals, some medical journalists. Um, there are, it, it was, it was very, it has been very popular over the last hundred years, you know, compounded into extract and prescribed as medicine. That, that was uh, the kava craze of the 90s was more uh, European-based particularly in Germany where, where kava was scribed for uh, stress, anxiety, and depression. Now that, you know, they, they had an issue where it has now been debunked, but they had political issues with it at the turn of the century, but those have been cleared, and now they're on track to re-implementing kava. But, yeah, it's, it's been successful as far as medicinal treatment for in, in the Western world per se, for over 100 years now. I mean, you can find records of New York City in the 1890s importing, you know, hundreds of tons of kava from the islands of Hawaii as far as back then. And you'd, you'd think, like, it's with the kava bars in New York City now, you know, a blind eye would think, oh, this is a new thing to New York City. But go back 100 years, there's more kava coming to New York City than there is now. So it's, it's always <laughs> been there. Uh, it's just more... It's more visible now because people are into the social aspect of drinking it, the or the natural form. Whereas prior to the social drinking aspect of kava, it was everywhere in pill form, like at a Walmart or you know a herbal pharmacy, and and that's how it is overseas as well. For for example, Australia, you know, we distribute to a pharmacy there that has to prescribe kava for you know, anxiety and, and stress, uh, but it just depends on the country and also how it's, how it's served and what purpose it's served for. But it's, again, such a, such a powerful miracle of nature that it can be applied to almost any facet of life, really. I want to ask you, what's, from your personal experience the last several years, what's been your greatest challenge or obstacle of bringing kava to the masses, so to speak? The challenge is always going to be the same. Um, it's, it's the educational process, and it's also understanding that process, too, because it, it's a kava drinker. You know, once a kava drinker, always a kava drinker is what I say, but it, uh, the patience and time it takes to develop uh, a kava drinker or just get it into someone's lifestyle is very time-consuming, and that's that's also comes down to our mission. So we know this, you know, in the fast-paced, tech-based world where things are moving so fast, you know, Kava's old school it was here for 3,000 years and it'll be here for 3,000 more years. And understanding that, you know, gives you a bigger picture of, like, of the time that it takes. Even take, for example, I love Robert Mondavi and, and the, the story of Napa Valley and how they pioneered the, the premium wine market in the United States. And, you know, that, that is still ongoing, but the, the work put into that, you know, was over half a century and that's wine. People already knew what wine was. Kava is starting from even further back. Is You have to explain what kava is. And then on top of that, then take it to the next level of like, okay, well, there's a whole sophisticated world of kava just like there is wine. So it's really understanding the time commitment and also the persistence of that because it's like people, like you talked about earlier, if you're not open to kava, if you don't want to give it a chance, you have to be persistent with it to to buy in and that's that goes on the flip side of selling and educating people is is just the persistence because the persistence is part you know there's patience with the persistence and that you know that's what we're we're committed to as far as qualified it's not a oh this is the trendy drink of you know decade let's push it as hard as we can and then move on to the next no this is this is building uh, a lifestyle um, that will be in American culture in global culture you know forever and that's and that's what excites us more for knowing that the time put in now uh, you know we may not see it in our lifetime as far as how how much kava can be incorporated into modern day life but you know we're building the blocks so that down the road it is and and we see we see the benefit with it too and how it fills that void in society that's much needed uh, as far as uh, providing a catalyst for uh, 
human-to-human communication, especially when we're so quick to process something fast and and move on without fully grasping the gravity of a conversation, a a news article, a headline, you know, even just something said about someone. And that's, you can see as far as mental health, that's, that's where Kava comes in as far as helping people slow down to see the bigger picture of what's really going on. What are Kava lactones? How do they, I guess, interact to bring the relaxing calming effect for Kava? Absolutely. So the Kava lactones are the active chemicals in the root. It's uh, the lactate, the the fat-soluble chemicals in the root that attribute the effect of Kava. There are, you know, over a dozen of them, but primarily six of them so far through research have been affiliated with uh, causing the effects. So Kava interacts with your GABA receptors. So it, you know, your mood and uh, emotional part of your brain. So it helps regulate that. Whereas, so in a nutshell, it, you know, it slows you down. It, it calms, it calms your brain down so that you process things a little, a little more clearly. It's not, they're not overstimulated or over depressed. So, it open, opens your brain up to be more consciously aware, I would say. And, and that that's also, you know, part of why you have such stimulating conversations because, you know, your, your brain is absorbing what's, what's being said in your conversation instead of being quick, quick to already have an a answer for, for whatever it is you're talking about. And that's, I think that's also what makes Kava-induced conversations so satisfying because, you know, really teaches you to not take take things so seriously and that's that's where you know emotions come into play because you know you you don't think if you're thinking with your emotions you're you're reacting you're not you know logically thinking and that's that's what that's what makes it great when you can go about your your day with a kava mindset uh you you take take some time to really see the big picture and not overreact I can understand that. And Kava itself, I know when I've been to your your establishment, it's served out of, a, I think it's called a kumet to Noah. Can you tell our audience a little about what that is and why it's served out of that? Yeah, so the kumete, we call it in Tonga, to Noah and other parts, other islands. Um, it's, it's really a, a giant punch bowl with legs. And it is the you know, ceremonial, traditional way of serving Kava. It's the uh, Think of it as a community punch bowl, and you you ladle out the kava to your group and drink it from there. Um, but that is you know that is the traditional way. But you know we're also creating new traditions in the American kava culture. So it's really that you know that 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 is the gathering bowl of kava that people gather around. But it really can be a bucket. It can it can be pretty much anything. You, you'll see it too. Uh, not you know not, not everyone has a to know i've i've never had access to one um growing up really unless i was drinking with the elders so we'd use a home depot bucket but it's just kind of the the full you know the, the starting point of the circle and you, you'll see it naturally happen wherever you, wherever you have if you bring a bucket of kava anywhere anywhere uh a natural circle of of people gather around it. It's just the the focal point. That's what uh, kind of the kind of the symbolizing statement of the group is that you know it's okay we all disagree on whatever we're talking about, but we're all here to drink kava, and that's our focal point. We could say the same thing about sharing a bottle of wine or you know a pitcher of beer. Um, in, in some ways, as far as you know, you're you're you're, you're breaking bread and drinking together. Kind of always, no matter where you look in the world. Drink, drinking together has always formed a bond amongst uh, humankind. I want to also ask you about the fact that it has to be harvested. And can you tell us a little about how it's been traditionally harvested over in Tonga or in the, in the Pacific and whether or not that's replicated here in the United States to the same type of standards or if there's anything that had to be modified? Yeah, yeah so Cabo's a very – because it is a sterile plant, you know, it's very finicky. It only really grows well in the – porous volcanic soil of the typical South Pacific. Um, and again, just the time, uh, the time and care, is, it takes close to four years to have a mature and yieldable uh, harvest of kava. So from a economic standpoint, um, it, you can replicate conditions in the U.S. and farm it here, but for the, the return on yield, it just 
hasn't gotten to the point of being commercially viable to 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 greenhouse or replicate conditions in the U.S. Well, Hawaii, and again, Hawaii it grows it grows in Hawaii. There are there is a long tradition of growing kava in Hawaii, but again, you're dealing with the Hawaii places and you know Hawaii being the one of the most expensive pieces of land or places to live in the U.S. When you when you need to farm something that you're only getting a yield once every four years, it just doesn't make sense to do so on a on a big scale in Hawaii uh, unless you have you know access to a cheaper land. So that's that's where the state of it is now. You have the primary producing countries as Vanuatu, Fiji, uh, Tonga, the Solomon Islands, and Papua New Guinea, and um, some in Hawaii, but but very few. Not 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 enough growing in Hawaii as it needs to be. Interesting. I'm looking at your background as well, and I saw that there's an article that was written in the Tampa Bay Times about you when you were on the Bucks uh, playing mm-hmm. as a defensive lineman. And one of the things you mentioned there was that you used to bring kava into the locker room. And I was going to see if you could just share with our audience what that was like as an experience and how it was received by whoever you yeah, you so, brought it to. Yeah, so kava's nothing new to the locker room. I mean, again, uh, for, for Polynesians, it went – Kava, you know, represents the land you come from. It's a, uh, it's a reminder of, you, you, you drink it not only for the effects, but also it keeps you, you know, no pun intended, grounded to, to your roots of where you come from. So if you're from Tonga, you know, uh, Tongan will always be carrying Tongan Kava, his homeland. It's just a reminder of, you know, your past, um, so that you know, you, you, you find strength in that for wherever you venture to move forward. So it's a natural thing for any. Polynesian, just in the sporting world, to to bond with their teammates with kava. Uh, it's all it's it's been there. It's uh, especially in rugby rugby culture, where there's a bigger Polynesian presence. It's it has been more popular. If you look at the Olympics of uh, 2016, you'll see the Fijian team drinking kava on the field after they won the gold in the rugby sevens. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a, the perfect thing for a team, especially a large team, um, because it's it's something you can build when you drink kava together. Whether it's your sports team, business team, uh, community, or family, it builds a stronger bond because um, you're you're connecting. And when you can understand the, the person you're putting your life on the line for, or just you know counting on for uh, making things work for you know, for your company or whatever group you're in, it it, it solidifies that, that bond. And that's really uh, the power of Kava as far as uh, team bonding goes. It just creates a, uh, a more of a, a family bond that you can't replicate or can't buy without it. One of the things I wanted I, – I was talking to a few of colleagues of mine about this episode, and one of them was like, oh, is that, a, is that the Kratom? I'm like, no, no, no. Kava and Kratom are two different things. And just for our audience, if they mm-hmm. have the same question, can you briefly discuss the difference between what Kava is, which we've already discussed, but how it differs from what Kratom yeah. is? Yeah, so the only similarities they have are really they both, you know, names starting with K. Um, Kratom is uh, from Southeast Asia. It's a, it's a tea made from a, a leaf. And, you know, the, the effects are, uh, the alkaloids in kratom act more on your your opioid receptors and and have their own uniqueness that you know needs to be uh, explored and understood on its own. Um, but it, it is common to see them uh, sewed together at kava bars. So with the name and with people going to kava bars uh, where kratom is sewed, it it can get confusing, especially with two two unique things that most don't are just getting to know it's it's uh very easy to lump them together especially when you know you typically kava ha- is the the brand behind a bar or cafe that's focusing on uh a non-alcoholic intoxicant and and also with kratom um you know it's, it's a very powerful medicine uh where whereas kava it's used historically as a recreational drink as well. It has more recreational history, uh, use history behind it. And that's, I guess, where, you know, where you see more of the branding oriented towards the recreational use of kava uh, in the South Pacific. 
but yeah, completely different things. Um, both wonderful and powerful uh, plant medicines that both need their, you know, day in the light and also just need, you know, both need their own focus and, and research behind it to be, you know, better understood by those that are interested or getting into it. One of the things I recall from having kava with you was that there's a certain greeting you say when you're either drinking it or taking it. And I'll just see if you could share that with our audience and the meaning behind it. Yeah, again, this goes back to just, uh, you know, cultural preferences. Like um, with so many island nations having their own kava culture behind it, and you see the, you see the U.S., you know, the U.S. kava culture, or the mainstream kava culture is, or, or I would say more so the, the, the kava bar kava culture is really, you know, it's its own beast, and, and that's okay. Um, in Fiji, the most common thing you'll see is just the traditional greeting in Fiji uh, of Bula, which, you know, means to life, just like it's, it's on par. I guess you could say Bula is to Fiji what Aloha is to Hawaii. Um, but really, it's a sense of cheers, and... Uh, it's, uh, there's no, unless you're actually trying to replicate a formality of a specific, uh, island nation, um, there really is no, you know, you, it's more about enjoying the kava with those you're drinking it with than, you know, wondering if you're supposed to be doing it, drinking it a certain way. And that's, that's kind of gets misconstrued too with the, the kava bar scene where you get confused, like, oh, am I supposed to do this? Especially when you're tying into the cultural origins. But I always refer to, you know, the kava bar scene. It's it's American kava culture, and that's that's the beauty of it is we're creating it, and that's that's what makes it fun. Looking at your web your website, getkavasai.com, and I was looking at your shop area, and I wanted to see if you could share our audience what's available after listening to this episode. Let's say they're not near a kava location like Modernesian kava. Yeah. What products do you provide, and how would they go about purchasing that from you? Definitely. Uh, I'd always recommend, if you're completely new to kava, we'd start off with our olive oil uh, kava starter kit. You get uh, a one-ounce, five, a five-serving amount of our uh, olive oil, Vanuatu kava, and, and our olive oil, and that'll really open the door for you. And then from there, you can explore uh, the different kavas we offer. We have four core kavas, and then rotating list of smaller virgin kavas. But that's that's always a good starting point. And then if you, you know, we have a lot of information on our blogs. If you want to go down the rabbit hole of you know learning more about kava and actually understanding simple things of its history and uh, chemistry we we provide that information on our on our blogs and our, our youtube uh videos uh, but you know if you just want to enjoy the kava it's also perfectly fine too and that's that's one thing that we set out to do is just to help people enjoy kava however they want to enjoy it and it goes back to you know there's no right or wrong way as long as you know, as long as it works for you, then it works for you. It doesn't have to necessarily work for someone else, but that's what we, we like to provide options with our uh, website. Absolutely. The aloe ball, the thing that you invented, what does the word aloe mean in Tongan? Yeah, so aloe is just a, a – it means to go. So it's really a play on this is a to-go ball like that. The olive ball is designed for people on the go, and that's you know that's generally everyone these days, and so it's really a play on that. You can also look at it cryptically. It does say Bula all as well if you read it backwards. So there's some some fun 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 subliminal messaging and the wording, which uh, you know just basically means uh, life to all, cheers to all, and that's really what the the olive ball does. Is it spreading the life and love of the South Pacific with everyone around the world. I can understand that. I, I want I to just, because we're about running lower on time, but I wanted to ask you, in reference to the products that you're producing right now for Kava, do you see, mm-hmm. what's your future trend? What type of products do you see yourself, like the future trend of Kava in terms of your experience with it? What do you see yourself doing in the future for Kava? And is there going to be other brands of it or other, you know, differences of it in terms of products? Like what will you be offering? 
Definitely. I mean, uh, we'll continue. Our our main focus is continuing to innovate products that make make it intuitive and easy for people to incorporate kava into their modern lifestyle. So, obviously, the Alibaba is the conception of the company and just innovating around that. We do, you know, from from the Alibaba, we've advanced to uh, bottles meant for serving kava to machines that maximize the the use of all the, the olive oil. So we have kava bars, cafes, or retail places around uh, the U.S. and the world that want to serve made-to-order kava. Kind of, we, we sell those too. So just innovating around the ball, you know, the circle. Everything everything starts with the ball uh, and then grows from there, from, from the brewing technology to our farming uh, initiatives in the South Pacific and then to creating kava experiences in the U.S. and abroad, it's uh, you know, a never-ending journey of of helping people incorporate kava into their life. I, I just I just want to say it's, it's really great to have you on because of the fact that you have a, a, a special insight on this topic, and I know it's something I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and it's just just a privilege to have you on to share this because I feel your entrepreneurial spirit and your background with everything that you've done with football and now taking your passion and creating Kavafied and doing all these different things. Uh, I just, I, I think it's great that you're doing what you're doing and I'm excited about sharing this episode with our audience. Uh, the one last thing I want to ask you, if there's anything that you want our audience to take away from this interview about Kava, about Kavafied or about yourself, what would that be and why? That's, that's a good question. Um, it's more to, you know, get on Kava time and by being on Kava time, it's, uh, or understanding Kava time, it's, it's, you know, it's more a mindset than the, the way of life or, or the, the effects. And that's, I think that's something that I've realized with Kava is it, you get the effects from it. Um, you get the experiences from it and, and understand it, but it's really the mindset that it gives you by, incorporating to your life where you know the, the teachings are slowing down and the self-realization that you get when you know when you're drinking kava and i think that thing uh you know i hope uh kava users or people that drink kava or anyone interested in kava gets to is understanding the that it comes down to you know your mindset more it, it's that that is more than the root itself and that's what you realize with Kava, and I hope I hope people get to experience that because it's a it's a wonderful thing to uh, you know open your conscious to a, to be more self aware and also just more spatially aware too when when you are you know using Kava in your life. Matt, I want to ask you for our audience to, if they want to get in touch with you directly. What would be the best way for them to reach out to you if they have any questions about your product or if they want to purchase through you or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. We have you can you can go to Kavafied.com to if you're not in the Tampa uh, vicinity. But honestly, the best way is just to come to the Modern Asian Kava Social and you know drink some Kava, and you'll probably see me here at one point or the other. That sounds great. I just want to really thank you for coming on today and for sharing this with our audience. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to thank you so much. To the next episode. All right. I just want to thank Matt for coming on the show today and for sharing his insight on Kava and his personal experiences. It's something that I believe is worth absolutely exploring. Uh, I've been kind of a newbie to Kava in the last year or so, and I'm a big fan of it. Uh, usually on my weekends, I get to enjoy it on Friday evenings instead of a happy hour alternative. I'll go and have some kava, and it really is a, a social enhancing activity, and that's one of the things I like and enjoy about it. If anyone wants to know more about kava or about Matt or about Kavafied, you can definitely check out his website at getkavafied.com. I am excited that we've had this opportunity of sharing this information. I definitely am going to have some kava in the future. Uh, kava might be one of those things that our society could definitely benefit from to take the edge off of things and maybe bring people closer together. It's probably also one of those things that could help with increasing compromise, sharing each other's point of views, and just taking the edge off of a situation. That's definitely something that I, I would say. Matt, to me, represents... Uh, 
someone who has many hats and many talents, you know, from playing professional ball, football for the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to being an entrepreneur and creating his passion and making it into his living. I just think that's phenomenal. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and for supporting this podcast. We'll be bringing future additional episodes as well. If anyone has any questions, you can reach me directly or info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. You can also check us out on social media and Instagram, Facebook, and we're also working on our YouTube channel. But thank you so much, and feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions about any future episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Are you looking for that perfect gift to express your appreciation for your loved one or bestie? Well, look no further. Royal Susie offers one-of-a-kind designs with genuine high-quality crystals, stones, and the most precious of metals that are guaranteed to satisfy the urges of your inner king or queen. Each piece is handcrafted with love and is sure to inspire and captivate all. Indulge yourself by visiting Royal Susie's website at www.royalsusie.com for splendid items like agate bookends, impressively crystal-studded bottle stoppers, and beautifully handcrafted nightlights that will charm every room in your home. Royal Susie's featured collections will truly delight your guests and always make them feel welcome. Any questions? Contact Royal Susie directly by email at royalsusiedesigns at yahoo.com. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing today. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.